Yes or no. Okay. Mermaids. Uh, is this a, am I attracted to them or are they real? Are they real? Mermaids. No, they're not real. Mermaids are not real. No. So, soul crusher Phil. Yes. Every child that listens to this podcast, probably thousands. Not, there's no Ariel? In, not, in, not in real life. In the movies, there are. But I'm talking real mermaids. Do you believe no. that God in all of his creation no. could make mermaids? Could God make a mermaid? Yeah, God could. So then how do you know they're not mermaids? I... Have you ever seen a mermaid? I have not. And I go, I was, uh, I've gone on many cruises. I was but in the mermaid. Marine. Okay. But mermaids aren't going to, Hey, I'm a mermaid. They're like Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yes or no? No. Have you ever seen him? I, no. Then how do you know Neither he's not there? I, okay. I, have you ever seen the wind? I, how do yeah, you know what's there? I, because I see the trees. No, that's the trees. That's so not the you wind. say no on a mermaid. I'm not the conspiracy theorist. I, that's that not a conspiracy. Yes Bigfoot or no? is. No, there's no Bigfoot mermaid. is not a conspiracy. Bigfoot. Have you ever seen Bigfoot? Uh, I have seen doctored photos of what people think is Bigfoot. So in your opinion, Bigfoot is a conspiracy because you've never seen Bigfoot. No, I wouldn't say that. I would say there's no such thing as Bigfoot. Nobody's ever seen one. Mermaids, too. Nobody's yeah. ever seen one. Even though there's a bunch of pirates out there going, the sirens of the sea bid me to dive in. Yeah, no, don't believe in it. Don't believe in no. mermaids. Don't, how about, uh, okay, which is sad. You don't believe in mermaids or Bigfoot. Probably crushing people right now. <laughs> Third, duckbill platypus, yes or no? Oh, yeah. You ever seen one? Yeah, of course. No, you haven't. Where? Where have you seen a duckbill platypus? At the Galapagos Islands. No. Nope. When I studied down there for my PhD. No. Um, have you ever seen a duckbill platypus? Bugs, Bugs Bunny, and uh, what's the? So you've never seen a duckbill platypus, but you believe. You've, I, ne you've never seen a mermaid, but you don't believe, and you've never seen Bigfoot, or you don't believe. Well, I'm just asking, what is your measurement of reality? How can you tell me I've never seen a duckbill? You ever gone platypus? into a pet store and said, "I'd like to buy a duckbill platypus"? Anybody you know ever owned a duckbill platypus? I've never gone into a pet store and asked for a horse, but I know Has they exist. Anybody you know own a duckbill platypus? No, and nobody I know has owned a duckbill platypus. But you believe in them? They're real. I well, will get on Google right now. Too. No, well, I can no Google. Sense. I can Google mermaids, That's and there's true. people that are posting videos of That's little true. mermaid creatures swimming. There's, yeah, I can no. post Bigfoot videos. They're not real. I've met people that actually look like they could be kin to. Yeah, no, I have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. No, there's no, there's no Bigfoot. There's okay, no Bigfoot. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it, it's probably a duck. So there's, it's doctored photos and videos. There's, there is no Bigfoot. There are no mermaids. And duckbill platypuses, yes no, or no? I, they're out there. They're out, but never have seen one. I have don't have a friend that owns one. I am sure that in a zoo, at least, I've seen a duckbill platypus. But you're not certain. I'm more certain Could than I am. Could have been a beaver swimming backwards. No, I, I know what a beaver is. Have you ever is. thought about that? The duckbill platypus. Do you think that God, on that day, He created those? Yes. That He had extra parts, and He's like, let's make something cool, and He just puts a tail of a beaver on the mouth of another beaver, and He so like, what is that? And an angel's like, I don't know. And then Adam names it, and it right. comes by, and Adam's confused. He's like, beaver? No, duck? No, <laughs> a platypus? I don't even know what that <laughs> is. You ever met a? You ever seen a platypus? I don't. I don't 
don't even know what no, one is. Yeah, I was going to say. But Adam named him. Right. Duckbill. Sure. I guess Adam spoke English. I don't know. But Duckbill Platypus. That's a good question. And so why do you think God made a Duckbill Platypus? I think it shows a sense of humor. I think God is does have a sense of humor. And I think that uh, the Duckbill Platypus, uh, amongst other animals. Like uh, a mermaid or Bigfoot. If they were real, sure. But God could have made a mermaid or Bigfoot. He could make anything, yes. So he could have made a Bigfoot that, that is just incredible at hiding. Yes. Like God in his godness. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to make a creature that is a professional hide and seek artist sure. because I want humans to try to find him. And so God has made this creature named Bigfoot. Right. Sasquatch. Right. And God in his eternal is just watching us play hide and seek. Right. And he's like, watch this. And we find him and we take a picture. But right. God is so big that when I take a picture, God blurs the picture. And he's like, see, I just want to keep him trying to find my creation. Do you think that God could have made Bigfoot so that we would try to find his creation? Like this is a big cosmic game of hide and seek. Yes or no? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I believe that he I could. I think that's it. I think God is up there just going, watch this. Yeah, watch this, right? It's, high, it's cosmic hide and seek. And God is just watching us try to find, because we've never found him. No. We got some pictures, doctored though they are, but that's before Photoshop. Well, and with AI now. Oh, Bigfoot's always real with AI. Yeah, you could be Bigfoot. Well, well, let me ask you this then Loch Ness Monster, yes or no? Oh, absolutely. Really? He made duckbill platypus. He could make a big bellied creature yeah, with a I long know. neck like a giraffe, a sea giraffe. Yeah, a sea giraffe. That's what that's what it is. It's a sea giraffe. Okay. And again, hide and seek in the ocean, right? Right. God's having fun here. That's what I'm saying. He's got a sense of humor. Okay. So no on Bigfoot, but God could have made him as a cosmic hide and seek. Yes. Definitely no on yes. mermaids. Yes. And Bigfoot is a definite no probably for you. And Loch Ness Monster, do you believe in him? Yes or no? No. How are we friends? I don't, I'm not. What the, do you believe in? Real quick, just an animal you believe in. An animal that, that I believe God in? That God created that you're just like, no, I believe in this. Uh, I had a monster dog not too long a ago. Dog? I, yeah, I believe in the dog. Okay, you believe in dogs? Yeah. Good. That helps. I, you know what? I have been on safari in Africa numerous times, and so I believe in Ever animals. Ever seen a duckbill platypus there? No, I don't know that they have them okay. in, in East Africa. So, my final question rats, yes or no? Oh, my gosh. I hope this leads to the story. Yeah. Uh, you believe you in rats? Rats? Yeah, of course I do. They're Why? evil creatures. Theological question. Yes. Why did God make a rat? Um, I, they, they serve a purpose. No, they they eat spiders, they lizards, no. something. That's a cat. Never mind. Um, but you believe in rats. I don't like them, but I do believe in them. Have you ever seen a rat? I have seen them. I've seen them uh, pretty recently. For two weeks, I've yes. been telling that I'm going to tell the story of a rat. Yeah. I don't know why God. I, I, I have easier time believing God made Bigfoot for me to chase him down and try to find him than God making a rat. Okay. The God on Friday. I don't think the rat was made on Friday. Duckbill platypus, Friday. God woke up and got some extra parts. Duckbill Bill Platypus. Yeah. Saturday, he's having a great weekend. He makes Bigfoot, right? You know? Right. Sunday, it's the Lord's day. It's his day. He can do anything he wants. He makes a sea giraffe. We call it Loch Ness Monster. Monday, rat. Been a long weekend for God, and God just decides, gonna make me a rat. Or do you think the devil turned a good creature like the serpent? Yes. You know how the devil hijacked the serpent? Yes. What if the rat was cool, right? And the devil hijacked it. Now it's a rat. I don't know that I see that the rat has ever been cool. Well, 
I get a phone call mm. three weeks ago right. from my wife. Right. Do you know her? I do. Do you believe she's real? She's a lovely lady. Do you believe yes, she's real? Yes, I, I think she's amazing. She's a real woman. Yes, she's Do you believe real. in her? Yeah, I believe Not in Not Bigfoot, but you believe but in But I believe Robin. in Robin, yeah. Okay. She calls me. She says, honey, and anytime it starts out, what have I taught you? Get ready, buckle right. up. She said, oh my God, there's a rat. Right. Here at the office. It's huge. And I say, oh, she's an exaggerating. She exaggerates a lot, right. right? You know her. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. So she's texting the group chat yep. people here at the church. We're all on a group chat. And she texts us, oh, my God, OMG, rat, big rat. I'm thinking mouse, size of your pinky probably, and she's freaking out. She even says, I'm not coming back to my office right. till you handle it. Right. Oh, gosh, you know, priest of right. the home. You better. So I come in, no rat. I think she's making it up. And so we're having a meeting in, in her office, and uh, this small dog comes by the door. <laughs> a small dog. Like a chihuahua. Right. You know what it was? What? It wasn't a chihuahua. It was that rat. Wasn't my, a mouse. My wife was not lying. It was the size of a midget chihuahua. <laughs> I have never seen. It looked at me like, what are you doing in my church basement? <laughs> this is my basement. I freak out. I have a gift of panic. Right, sure. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's not lying. That was the biggest thing, rat, I have ever seen in my life. It literally looked like a midget chihuahua. <laughs> and so it just walks down the hall. Sure. So I jump up because I'm going to do go Iron Man on this thing. I'm going to find it. It's gone. Cannot find it. But now I know it's here. Right. And so now Robin's like, I'm never coming back to Believer's Church right. again, ever. I'm going to find somewhere else I'm to gonna go. I'm going to go somewhere yeah. else, going to go to Crossroads, going to go to Chapel Hill, because they don't have rats. Yeah, anywhere else. Have ra anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to be Catholic. Right. They, they don't have rats. We do. So I come to work. And when I come to work, I'm sitting, you know, my office is in the basement, right? So I'm in right. the basement and I hear something doing that. And I'm like, oh God, it's the rat. I'm down here by myself. You're nowhere to be found. I can't, I'm, I'm freaking out. Like it's going to kill me. It's going to eat me. So right. I hear something come down. Like it's coming down. Like this is what I hear coming down the hallway. Right. And I'm like, what is this? So I get up out of my desk. You know what he's doing? What? This midget chihuahua rat right. has gone into the candy jar mm. and he's pulling, dragging nope. a bag. Right. I'm not talking about a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> I'm talking about a full bag of gummy bears. He is dragging the bag down the hallway. Right. Like, I'm thinking he's thinking... I have struck gold yeah, here. Of course. Like I am in heaven. This was rat heaven for him. Right. He walked by my office, saw me looking at him and kind of gave me a wink like, thanks for the candy. <laughs> right. And I'm like, rat stealing God's food. Right. So I jump up again, Iron Man, going to get him. Holy warrior that you Holy are. Holy warrior that I am. Nope, he's gone. Right. I notice where he goes. Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, I, I got this sure. guy, you know, so I, I put out a rat trap right? and uh, I call you and like, hey, uh, get me some rat traps. And you do, but you bring back a trap that's about this. It, it could catch right. like a cricket. Right. And I'm like, no, Phil. Can I tell you why I brought that one though? I, I have to admit something to you. I brought that because I thought you were exaggerating too. I thought there's no way there's a big rat. It's, it's, a, a, it's a mouse. It's no. a, it has oh. to be. 
movie. God, no. And it was not. No, no, God. This, no, this thing's huge. So, no lie. So, I I, I tell you, I'm like, Phil, you're a Marine. Right. And you, you brought something to kill a cricket. I need something to kill a small I dog. Right. So, we go back and we get small dog rat traps. Right. And we sit in my office and wait. Right. And all of a sudden, we hear... It was minutes, too, minutes. after we put it oh, out. Oh, I'm talking minutes. Yeah. We both run in there, trap's gone, yeah. no rat. I'm like, my gosh, he t- he took the thing off. So we set another trap, right? Yep. And we caught him. Yep. We sent him off to rat eternity. He's there now? He's there now. I'm thinking hell. Right. Uh, if rats go to hell, he's there. He's it, there. This is not a ratatouille rat. Right. Yeah, this no. is a demon rat. Yes. So I'm, I feel good now. We got the rat. You know what? Oh, no, we don't. I come in my office the next day, yeah. down the basement steps, yeah. into the hallway, cut the light on. You know what's coming out of my, my office? What's that? Another, Another rat. rat. In my office. Right. He comes out like, yo, what did you do with all the candy? Because I moved the candy, right? right? No candy anywhere. I hid it from him. Right. Serves him right. Right. So he's in my office. Well, he's probably mad because you killed a family member, too. I don't care. He's coming after you, I would I think. I don't care. So I call you. I'm like, bro, another yeah. rat. You come running down. Savior, you are. Marine Corps Phil. <laughs> You're all painted up in your stuff, ready to go. I had my sword, maybe, I think, sword too. Sword yeah. and an M16. You come running down. You go, where's the rat? I said, dude, he was in my office. It's, right. This is gross. And I, I made you. Yeah. I'm a, as a good boss and friend. I made you go in first. You did. You I'm did. like, dude, just go in and do recon. You did. Yeah, because I'm not going in. There. Right, no. And you went in, Marine Corps recon into my office, and, and I love it. You right. were down on your hands and knees. Not, It didn't look manly. You looked scared. Were you scared? I was nervous. Because you were there. I'm like, this guy ain't a Marine, because you're like, I'm scared. I said, I said, just look under the couch. Just look under the couch. And you're like, no. And you did for me. No rat. Right. But then you said, what? What'd you see over by the door? All the little chips that the thing chewed off the door to my wife's. Oh, office. that's right. I forgot about that. He was nibbling actually at the at the door to go into my to wife's in, office. Yeah. And then you said, "Did you check your wife's office?" And I'm like, "Oh God, no!" Yep. And you're like, "Don't tell her. Don't, she'll never. Don't, she'll never come never. back to church here. No. She will eternally go to Louis Giglio's yeah, church. We'll never see her again. Never." <laughs> and so I go into her office. Dad blame rat. You know what he did? What's that? Robin has a dog that's like a human. Got dog. Biscuits yeah. in there. Rat took all the dog biscuits, ate them all. There are dog biscuits everywhere. <laughs> this rat, the, the brother rat, that's right. still alive, couldn't find the candy, so he ate all the dog biscuits. Right. So now I'm in a dilemma. Do I tell my wife that the rat is in her office eating dog biscuits? No She'll way. never come back to Believer's yeah, no Church. Way. So we catch rat number two. Right. But you know what about rat number two? Our whole podcast is going to be about a rat today. Yeah, I, I probably like won't so. even talk about God because I was in panic mode. So we find the rat. Right. We catch rat two and the trap is gone. I call you yeah. like, dude, the trap is gone, yeah. gone. Like, it didn't just snap. The, the, the trap is missing. Right. So I go searching the basement. Mm. Well, I find the rat, mm. too, that yep. we call rat number two. Number two. You know what rat number two was? What's that? He was eaten alive. Something ate him completely and just left his skin. And he was a good size rat. He was a good size rat. So now we're all freaking out. Now, if you're Pentecostal, you're probably thinking right now there's demons in that church. 
But these are rats, not demons. Not demons. Kind of a demon, but not a demon. Right. They're probably just like, this is the greatest place ever. They're on a cruise. It's free food. It's they love buffets it. all the time. They yep. love it. I've been here for years, never seen one. And now in a matter of a day, I've seen two. So what do we do? We call exterminators. Well, come get them. Right. And we pay exterminators and they put boxes everywhere. We're going to get these rats. No, right. not them. You know, you know who gets the, the rat? It was you. The whisperer. It was you. Rat. Don't call me pastor. Rat whisperer. <laughs> rat whisperer. I want everybody listening to the it's, podcast. Just RW Rat Whisperer. We should change the name of the podcast. Change the name of the podcast. Rat. Now, this is all true. I'm making none of this up, am I? No, it, this is a factual. So I, I leave another trap. Same place we caught to. I leave a third one. But this rat... This rat's a Friday rat, not yeah. made on Monday. This critter's brilliant. Yeah. He's smart. He carries with him the wisdom of God. Right. He will not touch this rat trap. So I pull up to work. Two days later, mm. I see him. Mm-hmm. He's out in the backyard just saying, hey, bro, welcome to work. And he's bigger than the other he's ones, He's bigger too, than right? the other ones. This, yeah. is, this is Papa. Yeah. We've killed the brothers. Yeah. This is Daddy. And he's looking, at, literally looking at me like, yo, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I work here. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, well, you're messing me up. I got a great place here. Right. And so he runs off into the field and I'm like, well, good. He's gone. He's going to die. Two days later, I come to church on a Wednesday evening and a, we have a nice little portico patio, right? Where right. people sit out and work on their computers and right. stuff. And this girl, college student, she says, hey, Pastor Mark, she doesn't know I'm a rat She didn't whisperer. know at that time, yeah. She said, I just want you to know a rat came running by, mm-hmm. and he went in this hole right here, and she pointed toward the basement. Right. And I went, he's, man, he's still he's living, smart. Still living in the basement. I said, where's the hole at? And so she showed me the hole. You know what I did, Rat Whisper? What's that? Went and got the rat trap. Got me a Tootsie Roll. Mm, they like those. They like Tootsie yeah. Rolls. Took me a Tootsie Roll, and I put it right by the hole. Bam. Got Next him. Day. Got him. Got him. So I want to say right now on the podcast, if you're listening and you're looking for a church, you're looking for a home, a, a, a place to call home. Right. I want to start with this first. We're rat free. We are. You don't have to worry about coming here. There's no rodent stuff here. They're not at all. here anymore. We've cleansed the temple. Mm-hmm. We've anointed everything with oil. We have. There. Are, I want to assure you. If you're thinking, I would love to go to a church, but what if they have rats? Not here. Not here. Not a believer's. <laughs> rat free. Perfectly rat free. Number two. Mm. If you're out there looking for a church and right. you're thinking, I would like to go to a great church, but I'd like a good pastor. Right. Somebody preaches the word. They're a dime a dozen. Right. But do you know rat whispers? that are also pastors. I don't know any. Thank you. Do you believe in rat whispers? You don't believe in Bigfoot, or but do you believe in a rat whisper? I do now. That's yeah. me. That's you. Now, how long? That probably took 30 minutes to tell a rat story. We're in 19 minutes. So we got time. We yeah. got time. We're done banter. That wasn't even banter. No, that was... Uh, that was that was my panic. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've, my soul, which you've not cared about me, has been in panic mode. And now it took me about a week to go, are there more? Right. But we've not... Have you no, seen any? I have not seen any. Do you pick up in the spirit there's any? No, I no. think even...
even with the rats, we have a reputation now. Like, don't come here. Don't come so. here. Yeah, because I'm like hanging them up on a tree. Like, don't don't come here. This we're not here to save rats. We're killing them. That's what we should do. We should hang them from so, trees. I don't know. I don't know any other church out there telling people this that no, never been a part of one even. But I told you three weeks in a row. I tell the rat story. Yeah. That was it. It's true. It's a good story. My wife told the truth. It literally. Am I making it up? It's no, as big as a small chihuahua. No, it really, it really is. Uh, I, a, a squirrel. You, you could mistake it for a squirrel. A squirrel oh, God, even. bigger than a squirrel. Yeah. Just without the fluffy tail. Right, right. They're both the same. Yeah. So, well, I'm a little shocked you don't believe in Bigfoot or mermaids. I'm a little shocked you've never seen a duckbill platypus. Don't no. know a friend that has any. But I am thankful that you believe in Robin. I do. And you believe in rats. I do. And so, Robin and rats is what I believe in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What you got for me? Let's get into the podcast. All right. What, I, what I, I think I have about? a good one today. I want to talk about how to live by faith when life takes a, just a horrible turn for the worse. Money, health, marriage, uh, that kind of stuff. I, I want to talk about how to live beyond the chaos to find clarity. Mm. Pause for effect, because that's big, right? Yeah. How to live how to live beyond the chaos into clarity. I think the way I would open up to say this, you know me, I'm a Genesis guy. Yeah. Is that anytime chaos hits, it's usually instantaneous, right? Sure. Like you wake up, you're not expecting something. Right. You're not expecting the phone call, the divorce papers, the the tragedy, the you know, you, you just wake up not expecting it, but when it hits you, it's the the moment it hits, because we're human, the initial response is telling, right? The initial response of how we react when bad news comes, it, it sort of lends itself to where we live most often, whether we're going to respond in fear, anxiety, torment, anger. Uh, you know, poor pitiful me. It is what it is. I don't know why me. Sure. Why does God let this happen to me? Um, so I think the way we have to begin to look at this is taking the thought of, and I love, I'm going to steal this from my mom. She makes the comment that the worst time to try to have faith is in the middle of a That's battle. That's good. Right? Right. The worst time to try to get faith is in the middle of the battle. You need to have been, if we're going to talk God in the equation, you're going to have to be spending time building your faith up before the crisis ever hits. And I find it to be true. The reason the crisis hits so hard, because it hits all of us. Jesus said in the world, you do have trouble. I don't know any Christian that has not had a crisis of some sort. But the issue is not the crisis and will it come, but it's the varied responses that come from people who all say we believe in Jesus. Right. And, and you just got a myriad of responses. God's not there for me. Where was he? Why did he let this happen to suck it up buttercup to get over it? He's God. Right. Sure. I mean, you, you find the whole spectrum. But I, I like what my mom taught me. She said, son, the worst time to try to grab hold of faith is in the middle of a battle. Yeah, that's good. You, you need to be keeping yourself strong in the Lord, strong in prayer before a battle ever hits because it will hit. And I find that that is true. I find that when you've been spending time maybe in prayer or devotion or just communing with God, it, and, and the problem hits you, 
it seems to have a better initial outcome of thinking because when I say initial outcome of thinking I mean usually when the crisis hits it's like oh god oh hell oh god what's going to happen what if what if and the right. what ifs kick in uh, you know but when you've really been spending time with him and you you've been god is more than just a devotion he is a he's a a reality in your life he's an ongoing presence in your life he is a daily presence a daily voice I think it's easier to tap into his voice in the hell. It's easier to tap in. I go to Genesis 1, and it says, in the beginning, God. And then it lends itself to, and the earth was formless, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And God steps in and says, let there be light. Okay? So when a crisis hits... I think the first thing we have to do as believers and followers of Jesus is we have to stop for a moment before we get into all the oh my gods and reactions and losing it and fear and panic and anxiety and torment and why me. I think we have to go back to the Bible and look at what God did. In the beginning, God created the heavenly earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness. So even in the very beginning, there's this crisis, right? There's right. this chaos. There's this darkness. There's, But it says this in, in verse 2 of Genesis 1, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, right. right? So darkness covers the waters, but the spirit is hovering. So first thing, when a crisis hits, a tragic phone call, something that hits you in the gut punches you. It punches you in the gut. The first thing you've got to notice is, all right, it's not the tragic moment that's my beginning. Right. My beginning, I have to find a beginning point. And typically with people, the beginning point is the hell. Right. That's when it all starts. Yeah, sure. But as a follower of Jesus, my beginning point has to be God, not the problem right. or the pain or the chaos. My beginning point is God. In the beginning, God. And then it says this, and the, in the darkness, the spirit was hovering. Right. I have to tell myself in the middle of the hell God is working. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. In the middle of the darkness, I always have to remember, because that is a beautiful verse, two verses in, darkness, but in the middle of darkness, the spirit is hovering. Right. And I find a lot of times in the middle of dark things that hit our life where we lose, I love how you opened, you you were talking about going from chaos, right? Right. In the middle of the chaos, trying to find clarity, we, we miss God. We, we, we cease to see that he's in this equation of, of hell. And I know it's, you know, it's in the reality and the psychology of it. It's like, Oh, I don't see God anywhere in this. Right. Right. Which is true. And the tragedy, you're not probably going to see initially God in the tragedy, but I love what verse two says. He's hovering above it. So I believe it, anything that comes at us, uh, any trouble I believe that when the trouble hits and the darkness is looming, I believe that God is hovering. Hmm. I believe he's sitting above it. And I believe he wants me to tap into that. Verse 3 is the tap in. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hmm. And God separated the light from the darkness. And he called called the light day. And he called called the uh, night darkness. He separated light from darkness. 
And so I think the second thing I find in the middle of a tragedy is, number one, I've got to begin with God and not the problem. Number two, I've got to realize in the middle of it, there is God. He's not abandoned me. He's there with me. He's He may be hovering. Nothing is happening. He's just in hover mode, but he's there. Number three, let there be light. There has to be my response that is the God response versus the reality response. Okay, the reality response is there's darkness. The God response is, okay, well, let there be light. So I think at any tragedy, the first things we have to do is we have to go, all right, I can't be defined by this moment. I got to begin with God. In beginning with God in this chaos, I have to believe that he's not abandoned me. And in the middle of this chaos, I'm going to have to speak to the reality that I want to see versus the reality that I am seeing. Sure. I'm seeing darkness, but the reality is let there be light. And that's that faith I think my mom was talking about, that it's very difficult in the middle of darkness to find light. But when, what does John 1 say? In in Jesus was light and his life was the light of men. So there's something about a relationship with Jesus that, that your life has light. So in the middle of the tragedy, you've got to say, all right, here's the reality, darkness, but here is God's reality, light. And so you have to begin to live God's reality. God's reality is this. He works all things together for his good. Yep. I'm going to go way back real quickly. And by way back, uh, 2000 and I guess 11 or 2012, I believe it was, you gave me a phone call. Yeah. You were distraught. Yeah, I was upset. You were crying. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what in God's name? I I think you said I was your first phone call. You were my first. I walked out and called you as I was walking to my car. Well, I remember that day very well. Tell me what happened and how you got through it. Yeah, I was uh, serving at a great church and I was the worship leader there. And uh, we had been there for a few years, I think it was. And um, uh, two, maybe three months before Christmas, um, I had their executive pastor walk into my office and say, hey, we have to let you go immediately. Just we don't have the funds anymore. We, we can't uh, we can't pay you. And uh, my wife, we man, we had just had a baby. We just had Sophia and she was two months old, I think it was. And so here I am two or three months before Christmas being let go from a place I loved uh, and having a baby at home. My wife still recovering uh, from having a baby and me having to walk in a couple months before Christmas and say, I have no job and I have no idea what we're going to do. Right, so there's the crisis. Yeah. There's the darkness out of the I mean, it was I was on my computer. It was a Wednesday because I was getting ready for that Wednesday night service. I mean, out of the blue, it was a gut punch. Uh, that that took me uh, off my feet. Yeah, don't have the money to pay you. No, gotta let you go. Yeah. Brand new baby. Yeah, enjoy Christmas. Yeah, what do you do? Well, you're, you're still in. Here we sit, ten years later. Right, you're still in ministry. Yeah. You're not bitter. No, you're not ticked off. How no. did you handle? 
that moment where gut punch, life gut punched you. I'm sure, I mean, I remember our conversations, where's God, why me, yeah. right? All of that. How did you get through it? You know, I uh, I picked up the phone, I called you, and I went home, and uh, it's funny now looking back on it, but when I walked in, I apparently looked pretty distraught. Alicia was holding the baby, and she said, when I came in, she said, "You." I literally was like, what? I thought your mother had died or something horrible had happened because you just looked upset. You'd been crying and I'm not an emotional guy. I don't really cry a lot. And uh, so she said, man, I, I thought that somebody had died, your mom, your, you know, somebody. And so I, I told her and, um, you know, we both shed a tear and said, well, what are we going to do? And it, there's... It, this isn't spiritual, but it's, it, I guess it kind of is. It's, it's from the Marine Corps. One of the things they teach you in the Marine Corps is you go off the last orders that you were given, no matter what, like the last thing that you know to be true is what you do in the middle of battle. And so, uh, what I told Alicia was, I I don't know, we're going to stay and, uh, we're going to, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and, uh, I'm going to find a new job. I'm, I'm going to go out and do what I need to do. Uh, and there's that verse, you said it a minute ago that all things work for the good of those that love him. But the, the end of that verse is, and are called according to his purpose. And I knew that I was called and I knew that I was supposed to be there. And I, I knew that, uh, I just knew, I, I knew what I knew. And so, uh, I ended up, um, working 70 hours a week, uh, as a security guard actually. And, and the guy was from the church and paid me under the table just to make ends meet, just to make ends meet. Uh, but then, uh, because we set our, kind of foot to the ground and said, no, this is what we're doing. We do trust in God. It's, it's hard. We, there was a belief is such a strong thing, right? Uh, I mean, in, in the middle East, the guys over there, I've, I've had buddies that have gone over there and their belief in what they're fighting for is so great that the cost of a human life is that of a dog, but it's all because of a belief, you know, uh, in, in what they're fighting for. And so I, I feel like belief is very strong. And so, but our belief in what God God was doing for us was just as strong. And so, man, we, we had the craziest things happen. We got checks in the mail. We had bills that we had apparently overpaid and then we were getting refunds back. Of course we had, um, man, church people that just loved us and, and, um, we made it through. And like you said here, I'm, we're what, 10, 12, 15 years later, whatever it is, still in ministry, still, you know, we still go through things, but there's a belief that I have in what I'm fighting for that no matter if I have, if I don't have money, if I don't have, um, I'm still going to wake up and I'm still going to go in and I'm still going to fight. Uh, and, and so there's a, this may sound harsh, but there's, when you get knocked down, man, I, there, you don't have time to just stay down. You just got to get up and keep going. Uh, and, and that's what we did. We, we, we have that belief. We held on to that scripture called according. It works together if you love him, but you're called according to his purpose. And, and we knew that to be true in our lives. And so that's kind of, that's, that's how we faced it and got through it. Yeah. I think the gut punch, when you get gut punched by something that you're not expecting and some things maybe can change and some can't in in that gut punch, I think getting up every day with purpose is the most critical thing you can do because it says I'm not going to be defined. Yeah, that's good. I'm not going to be defined by this hellacious moment. Uh, and I'm not going to think that God has put this hellacious moment on me. It, it is the world. We all have it. 
I would love to say that if we serve God, we, you know, we kind of can avoid a lot of those things. But when they do hit, I do believe that, you know, dusting ourselves off and going, I can't just lay here and and become this thing. I cannot become this problem. And sure. what I find to be true is that when the chaos hits, many people begin to speak the chaos and they begin to accept the chaos as their new reality. And they miss that. I really tell, I don't know who this is for, but it, that verse two just won't leave my heart. That Genesis one, verse two, and darkness covered the face of the deep. What a tragic moment. Sure. Your God and darkness covers the face of the deep. And then it says, and the spirit was hovering. That's good. And, and I do know that there are times in life where we go, where is God? Why isn't he working? Why hasn't he fixed this? Why did he let this happen? Why is this darkness coming after me? And so we, 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 we withdraw rather than getting up going, no, I'm not withdrawing. Right. I'm going to keep going. I, I may have to work 70 hours a week, but dear God, I'm blessed. The blessing of the Lord is mine. And God, you know, I have a relationship with God prior to this moment, prior to this hell coming in my life. But I do feel this is for somebody listening. It's very difficult to get up every day and press through when the pain of life is just waking up with you, right? You wake up, it wakes up with you. The memory wakes up with you. The hurt wake, the bitterness wakes up. The the skepticism wakes up with you. And um, you just are like, it is what it is. I just want to encourage you. The Bible starts out with the spirit hovering. And I think that's God's way to let us know that even in the middle of dark things and chaos, when life doesn't make sense at all, why me, why this, there is this spirit that is hovering. And I always like to remind myself of this. It helps me get through the moment. I just need to focus on the spirit that is hovering. And by that, I mean God is working. God is, I may not see him working. I may not even feel like he's working because I love the way one translation puts it, that he, that word hover means to flutter. Right. That, uh, so t- take a, a butterfly that's fluttering. You, you really don't see the effects of it, but it's there. Right. That God is there even when we don't see the effects of him. Yeah, that's good. Uh, God is there even when I can't see him in, because it's dark. So I have my way to overcome it is when it, the gut punch comes rather than that being my beginning of this new chaotic life, this new hell, this new mantra of it is what it is, this new mantra of why me? Oh, my poor pitiful me. I have to begin with no. Yes, this is a reality. Yes, it hurt. I hated it. I didn't want to go through it. However, I'm going to believe that in the middle of this chaos, God is hovering and I'm going to tap into that thing. Mm. Now, because I believe he's hovering, he's in it, he's with me, it's going to make Mark get up every day. It's going to make Phil get up every day. Hey, I'm working 70 hours here, but I know God is getting up with me and I know God is going to work. And so God is, he's, you even said he's having people give and help. The body of Christ is coming together for us. I think I could go 
long time on it because it's a process. But I think with any negative news, the negative news that you've got a bad health report, you got several months to live, the negative news that your marriage is, is over. I think when those come, I would like to say these quick things. Number one, let your beginning be God and not the problem. Mm. Acknowledge the problem and go, let me let me begin with God. Because in this crisis, I'm going to have to begin with God. I'm going to have to begin with God and the crisis at the same time. Number two, I'm going to have to realize in the middle of it that God is there. So I love it. I got to tap into that, right? Yeah. I got to tap in to find that reason to get up, that purpose, because God is working. And number three is verse three, let there be light. I have to speak to the truth of what I believe and not whine about the reality of what I see. I'll say that again. I've got to speak to the truth of what I believe rather than whine about the reality that I see. If I just start there, the likelihood that I'm going to have a much better outcome uh, in uh, where I could say what you're 10 years removed, God did work all things together for good. He did. He opened up doors for you. He's blessed your family. He's blessed your children. And um, that, that'd be where I would land it. So thank you. Man, thank you for this week, and I thank we you. hope it blesses you. We hope that what we're sharing with you touches your life, gives you some insight on how to grow old with zero regret. Hey, if you've got any um, questions that you would like to do, you can reach out to us and let us know. We would love to hear. You can comment on the social media platforms where there's comment, and we would love to hear from it. Phil and I, as always, will see you next week. We pray you have a great week. I pray you put this into practice. Never let the chaos rob you from God's clarity. Never let the darkness cause you to miss that God is working and moving even when you don't see him. And hey, speak the reality of God and not just whine about the problem. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to my dad's podcast. Make sure to follow along and help us by sharing this episode with someone you know. Thanks again. Have a great week.